I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. I'm Mike Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of The Wokecast. Joining me as always, the realist follow on Twitter. She says what she means and means what she says. It's Gina. What up? That would be me. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, actually. I'm, I, I'm, I've, uh, I'm feeling quite rested. I'm feeling very, very refreshed and recharged because... I didn't sit through that card last <laughs> night. I actually watched the main card at breakfast. So really and truly, um, just to give the proper and uh, prim uh, intro, we'll be talking about Bellator Milan, well, the main yes. talking points of Bellator Milan. And we'll also be talking about Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana at UFC, which was this past weekend. So first up, Bellator Milan. I don't know about you, but... I found um, the prelims on Facebook, so Facebook, on YouTube, hard going. I mean, unanimous decision after unanimous mm. decision. To be honest with you, mm, I found it a little bit hard going. But I actually, you know, sat through all of that just for our listeners' delectation. Just to quickly recap, I think it'd be uh, pertinent really to focus on the main mm. card. The main card, again, making history yet again on, well, Terrestrial TV in the UK on Channel 5. Um, Bellator Milan, James Gallagher versus Cal Eleanor. And at the fourth time of trying, we finally got to see that. But before we get there, let's talk about the main talking points from the main card, which were actually shown on Terrestrial TV. Charlie Leary um, defeated Kiefer Crosby. Now, I don't know if you saw this, G, because, um, as I say, it was quite the ask to actually have people sitting through, you know, um, a dearth of prelims and then, you know, to make it to the main mm. card. Did you catch no, it yourself? No, I missed this entire card. I'm having trouble actually mm. keeping up with Bellator and stuff with some changes well, going on here, but I'm going to catch up with you. Well, put mm-hmm. it this way. Um, from the main event, and I have to say, from the entire card, for me, the only noteworthy um, fight, and it's the most anticipated fight, um, worthy of discussion was James Gallagher yes. versus Cal, Cal Illinois. But just for completeness, I think it's only right to just um, skim through yeah, 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 um, the uh, main events. Oh, sorry, the main card. Mm-hmm. So basically, Charlie Leary took on Kiefer Crosby, and as I say, he defeated him um, via TKO, via Dr. Stoppage at the end of round one. Now, to be honest with you, what happened here was a little bit, for my mind, um, well, it was almost like the, the ref was sleeping because it was clear that Keith Crosby wasn't actually rallying back from the dearth of shots that he was receiving from Charlie Leary. It was clear that he was done well before the bell of round one. So for me to actually see him, and that's Keith Crosby, looking as though he was going to try and like make it into round two I was really really worried and that's why I was glad that you know, first of all the ref called in the doctor to have a right. look at um, 
an injury, I think it was above his eye, and the 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 doctor actually called it off. And that, I think that was the right stoppage How to bad make. Was but it? personally, was the I think, injury significant? Well, it was above his eye, oh. and you know he had blood uh, seeping into mm. his eye. So for me, it was the right stoppage. But also for me, I think that you know the ref could have actually called that off way before, way before the end of round one. Next up was Charlie Ward, who you will know is the uh, ex-bodyguard, but definitely a good confidant and friend of Conor mm-hmm. McGregor. He defeated Andy Manzolo via unanimous decision. To be honest with you, a rather uh, uneventful oh. uh, fight. The unanimous decision, yeah, was right in the, uh, in, the in the corner of... Well, mm. yeah, for me, it, it, was, it was the type of, like, brawling type of... Um, I would say, I think I, I, I try and be, be, be kind, but I don't really see any technical prowess in Charlie Ward. Mm. He's a brawler, and that's what he brought to the party. So um, I would hardly call it, you know, a, a technical skill and display of mixed martial arts. But, you know, Charlie Ward advances on to the next fight, and um, this is what we were all waiting for, though. James Gallagher yes. and Cal Eleanor heading up. And um, the, 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 the thing about this was, I first of all got the sense that they loved each other. This was uh, when we were first up to see this. And then, you know, as the fights actually got cancelled, we saw like a genuine hatred oh, yes. suddenly, um, sudden, suddenly come across them. So I think fourth time's a charm was the shot in the arm maybe from Venom, from a Venom point of view, that was necessary and that was needed to kind of like bring something that will have this kind of uh, confrontational rather than two old pals anyway James Gallagher you have to give him his props here he came out fighting from the off plus you know he quickly took it to Cal who for me I do see his jiu-jitsu prowess his ground game is superior it's quite um, exceptional in his division but no James made very short work of him and we saw Cal basically sustain a rear choke in round one so yeah which caught me off guard I don't know if, like, if, like you said yeah really? because I, I just think Cal is a force to reckon with on the ground like he's he's a pretty decent grappler and I was I'm not surprised that James won I'm just surprised he did it in such quick fashion and on the ground like that you know I thought there would be some more scrambles you know some more adversity for James you know uh, while facing Cal Eleanor and I was surprised to see the stoppage so early the submission I honestly thought that Cal and Eleanor would give him a little bit more trouble I thought it would be a little bit more of a tussle I thought it would be actually going beyond the first round but (laughs) again reel me in if you think I'm being uh, overly hyped and high on James I do like James as you know I'm a little bit biased here but Am I right in, in pointing out that James is as formidable on the ground as he is on the feet? He does actually bring the full package to the cage. Am I, do you need to reel me no, in here? No, I think I might be jumping in with you. I think he's, um, I think he's pretty talented and I think he's, he's well-rounded. And the reason why that I say that, because even in this performance, he was just so calm and collective and he just looked like he knew what he was doing and he went for it. And he just looked like a savvy veteran, you know? I could see the growth, you know? And he was calm, cool, less showboaty to me a little bit, you know? And just got the job done. And and I like what I saw, you know? And I think he's a force to be reckoned with, Mike. I'm Mm. I'm, I'm with you on this. Well... 
moving on transitioning over to um holly home versus irene or irene uh aldana mm-hmm. aldana um for me <laughs> this card was a, a a little bit obviously lacking in star power but um it was only until for me i tuned in at the main event so i want you to take me through you know i feel like the naughty and petulant school child being uh, <laughs> being scolded here i know what you're probably thinking why didn't you watch the, the the prelims what did i miss i saw none of it um the prelims were were pretty fun mike um first off luigi vendramini versus jessen ayari lightweight bout i had no idea who these fighters were and i had no expectations whatsoever and this fight turned out to be performance of the night type of fight and the perfect way to start a ufc wow. card boom Luigi connects with a left hook, Mike. It's flush. He follows up with some hard shots. His opponent, Jessen, he falls apart defensively. He kind of, his back hits the cage, Mike. You know, you can see the slow falling apart of the defense. And then that's when my man Luigi hits him with a head kick. And Mike, the best part about this sequence is that you don't expect him to throw a head kick because they're in such tight quarters, meaning like they're in the pocket. And he lands a head kick flush fucking shin to the chin and it was beautiful and then mike because there's no fans right we're privy to this horror film type of scream afterwards and it was so dope wow so go back and watch that then we had casey kenny versus um his name is Haile alatong Haley. i don't know who these people are mike but we're gonna go with it casey Casey Kenny is a contender series pup, but I will no longer call him a pup, Mike. Okay, I will call him a legit UFC mm. bantamweight fighter. He put on a simple but yet dominant performance. Okay, he chose to use single hard shots to beat up his opponent, and he implemented a game plan, Mike, where in which he was always coming forward, he was always you know first and in control, and then Mike he kept landing these hard body kicks over and over and over again and it caused a la um i'm gonna call him a la 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 that's what i was calling him on twitter because his name is crazy wow. so a la 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 was getting all these hard body kicks and it left him with a contusion like no other and it was scary mike so like i said complete performance and once again because of no fans this casey kenny kid jumps out of the cage goes backstage where like the staff is at in the dark you know like when you're watching no fans and there you can see people in the darkness he goes back there and starts screaming for another fight and because of no fans i felt like i was being yelled at back there with them it was so dope like all his you know all his um excitement it was just so so dope and he's no longer a contender series pup and then, Mike, okay. I'm telling you, one more I got for you. You like mm. you like mm. um, elbows in the clinch. So go back and watch Loma yep. Luke Boon Me. She was dropping elbows in the clinch on rapid fire like a machine gun. You know how, like, you'll see someone snap just one in the clinch really hard to someone's face. She kept doing it yeah. to her opponent, Jin Ju Frey, over and over again in every time she was in the clinch. And it was beautiful to see. So make sure you check that one out. You know, there was kind of mm. few of them. And then, Mike, of course, you missed our veteran back. Did you hear about Carlos, um, Carlos Condit and Court McGee? No, I didn't hear. How, how did that actually pan out? I, I take it it went to a decision. Bet you it went to a decision. Yes, but here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. But we're going to give Carlos a little credit here. You know, I was mm. nervous at first. And, of course, you can understand why Carlos has lost five 
fights in a row, okay? And I believe he's slower and also declining quite rapidly. And when it comes to the grappling department, he's not really doing well anymore. He's not like that. Remember back in the day, he would like throw up triangle chokes off his back. He was active on the ground or he would actively be trying to get up. In his older age, it doesn't seem like he's capable of doing that as much. So people like Chiesa and Alex um, Cowboy Oliveira are submitting him. So when he went to fight Court McGee, I'm just like, Court's probably going to grapple and submit him because that's where he's flawed at right now. Nope, they had a kickboxing match. And Carlos was slow, but he looked good. And he was landing Mike. He even dropped Court McGee in the first round hard. Wow. Right before, and Mike, let me tell you, if it had not been at the end of the round, he might have got a TKO. He might have followed up and finished him. He hit him that hard. So then he, okay. yeah, so he cruised to a decision win. Carlos is back. So go check that one out. Definitely. Okay. So those are the highlights of the prelims. And um, thank you for the, the notes, which I was making of the uh, fights. That I, I mean, check out. I have uh, to do this because you're mm. going to fucking take a nap or fall asleep and it's my responsibility <laughs> to, you know what I'm saying? So like, this is what I got to do. Because you, you know, you... Somebody has to be the professional yeah. on the podcast. Somebody got to be awake, asleep and you know, so you hold down Bellator for right now, I got you on the prelims. Okay. <laughs> well, on the main card, um, Daquan Townsend I took on Dusko Todorovic. Now, you may recall, I've spoken about Daquan Townsend before. Throughout his life, basically, he's been battling various levels yeah. of adversity, from losing his son to cancer, to entering the drug program, uh, well, a drug program, after testing positive for cocaine following his second UFC fight. Now, unfortunately, in August, Daquan was hit with another family tragedy when he lost two brothers who were actually shot and killed at a strip mall in South Lansing. Now, to come through that amount of adversity, to come through that amount of tragedy, and to turn up on fight night, I think he deserves, you know, all the applause. He deserves all the respect, you know. He deserves and is worthy of note for actually, you know, still going through this fight, given how close a proximity August his brothers passed away. And it's not as though they just passed away through illness or, Mm. you know, to to lose a brother full stop or to lose a family full stop is a tragedy. But they were shot and Mm, killed. Through violence. It's it's, it's awful. And he comes right Mm. back and he fights, you know. And and that's just it, you know. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm, uh, adjusting the narrative here. But, you know... Todorovic showed dominance. And he showed dominance from the off with knees and hooks to the body. And, you know, basically, I wondered whether the family tragedies, which, you know, he actually has actually weathered the storm, whether they did actually take a toll on him. And basically, he was trying to put on a poker face because it just seemed like he, he, he never got started. He would never in the fight. And for me, you know, Disco was actually leading a lot of his chin. That was a massive mistake. But surely, you know, um, Townsend could actually see that from his vantage point. Because I could surely see it. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, that TKO and and the ground and pound that actually, you know, um, preceded that. Yeah, the mount was scary. It was ferocious, man. And it it was relentless. Yeah, it was almost as though, you know, to a certain extent, it was almost as though 
Townsend had actually given up. But you tell me from your perspective what you saw. I, I don't know if he gave up, but he just didn't really have anything for uh, Todorovic. No. You know, it, I just think the skill set was uneven. You know, like Dusko was just simply the better fighter, had more tools in his, you know, in his in his box. Like he went for the takedown. He, he was able to take Daquan down. He was out striking mm. him. He was just, to me, the better fighter. And Daquan was still dealing with things that were, to me, somewhat basic, like the chin being out and, and whatnot. But he did have some, yeah. fight, you know, like fundamentally basic things that I saw, you know, Daquan was uh, making mistakes. And what I what else I saw was that Daquan was hitting him with some nice counters and he and he hits pretty hard, but he's just not the complete fighter for Desco. So Desco prevailed and he got performance of the night for that performance, which I think he deserved. I mean, come on, those excellent combinations. Great work yeah. in the clinch. The takedown well. too was ferocious. I, 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 I think we need to give Todorovic, um, his due here. He was good on the ground and on the feet. Mm-hmm. Those combinations were frightening. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely yeah. frightening. And that's what I mean. Like, he just was the better fighter. I can't really speak on Daquan's mindset or whatnot. But I can see where you're coming from because in his last fight, too, like, he's, he just struggles, Mike, to get wins in the UFC. And you wonder if it's mm-hmm. like, is it his personal life or is it like... Does he need more work on the regional scene, even though he comes from the regional scene and he's been there quite a while? Perhaps he can't compete on yeah. the UFC level. So, I, I, I worry because um, that performance, when you look at the mileage that Daquan Townsend brought to the cage last night, when you look at the experience that he brings in comparison to Torovic mm-hmm. or Todovic, um, and uh, congratulations, by the way, you, you, you said that beautifully. And um, there, there was no stuttering like I'm stuttering and stammering now. <laughs> but when you look at that, you'd half expect, you know, um, someone of um, Trovic's, um greenness to be blitzed. But no, he looked incredible in there. He looked absolutely amazing. Yeah, Tarovic had a impressive performance and definitely have my eye on him for his next bout. Mm. And he remains undefeated. I, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I tell you who didn't have a um, beautiful performance, a stellar performance, and that's the uh, or who was next on the card, and that was Cameron Else oh, versus yes. um, versus Tyler uh, Phillips. Phillips. Yep. Now Tyler Phillips, yeah. Now Cameron Else is a paratrooper in the British Army, and he's won six of his last fights, six in a row. Now I I, I wondered. What Dan, who normally does some excellent research, does some firing mm-hmm. research, was looking at when he was doing his research. Because in um, the build-up to all of this, you know, when um, Cameron was actually walking to the cage, he said um, something changed in a Cameron else recently after dropping a few losses and having, a, you know, uh, an up-and-down mm-hmm. career. Something changed in him recently. What changed in him recently? And it's with a heavy heart I say this because, as you know, Cameron Else is a right. Brit. Is he was fighting less than stellar opposition. Really, really terrible records. And obviously trying to pad his record. And, you know, that sort of, like, um, tactic, that sort of approach kind of gets you found out and found out quickly when you step up to the big leagues on the regional circuit. But he was doing this on the smaller shows. Now, don't, 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 don't get me wrong. I do consider Road uh, CF 
um, a step up in terms of um, promotions. But, you know, he was fighting on some real obscure shows. And like I say, with... with he was with, padding his record. With less yeah. than stellar. Yeah, essentially, mm-hmm. essentially. And he was really, really tentative. He was being told in his corner, you know, come on, you're better than this. You need to get going. And it was almost as though that was falling on, you know, deaf ears because Phillips was chopping that lead leg to start mm-hmm. with and really dominating the first and the second round. And um, it was clear, it was kind of clear that um, Phillips definitely separated the men from the boys. I mean, what was your take? I liked how Phillips um, mixed things up during this fight. It was just a very well-rounded performance from just takedown attempts to the beautiful kicks, the punches, in and out movement and and whatnot. And I do believe Kyler Phillips mentioned that in his post-fight interview that he was like, man, I had to mix things up and confuse this guy. And that's exactly what I saw happen. Mm. And that's why he had that dominant performance. But I had watched his previous fight with Gabriel Silver. And this guy is is just going to be a lot of fun in the UFC. I'm not saying he's going to be champion and going all out crazy or treating him like Sean O'Malley or anything like that. But I think we're in for a treat. This He's extremely dynamic. And also, he's hella athletic, Mike. Like, after he won his mm. fight, he was doing, like, all these flips. And he wasn't even out of breath. And his cardio is superb. And I just think he was just way too much for um, your, your, what's this guy's name again? I'm not familiar with him. Cam- Cameron Yes, else. I think he was just, he overwhelmed him. And also, was, wasn't Cameron a late replacement as well? That could also play a, yeah. a part in Yeah, I that. mean, okay. Uh, yeah, well, 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 thank you for, you know, um, slapping my chops, because <laughs> you're right, he was a late replacement. And maybe I'm doing un- him an injustice, yeah. but... I just could see through the whole padding the record thing, yeah. looking at his last three fights and looking at his recent fights, it looked bad, yeah. man. And it, it made me feel a little bit like this is why, you know, um, Brits get this kind of like reputation of um, revolving door fighters in yeah. that they get chewed up by the UFC and spat out, not just because they are um, quote unquote inferior or bad wrestlers what, you know, right or bad exactly <laughs> yeah. but because they padded their records to get to the big show yeah. for him um, I noted recently he put something along the lines of this was 10 years in the making I've been waiting for this opportunity great but get there on the merits of somebody who has put in his dues not somebody who's seemingly fast-tracked himself there by just getting the records necessary on paper um, to get you to the big show because like was found in this fight with Phillips, you quickly get found out. And Phillips, I don't know, it was, I thought there was, I was, I was going to look at the range footage to see if there was some, some kind of beef because he was screaming at him. Oh, yeah. He was screaming at him when he was, you know, basically um, when he secured the victory. And I thought, wow, what actually happened before to lead like, up? What happened backstage mm. or what type of beef? Because that's usually personal when it's like they can't let go you know, after they win and it doesn't seem like it was like a crazy dramatic comeback type of win. You know, like I didn't get his reaction and I was like, damn, I wonder what happened backstage. But in Cameron's defense, like I was saying, to to not only one, be a late replacement fighter, two, to meet up with Kyler Phillips, who was dynamic and yeah. like unpredictable like his movement is unpredictable his strikes come from all different places and his athleticism that's that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff to deal with for someone like Cameron on a short Mm. you know replacement type of deal so 
maybe it's that. But I do hear what you're saying. Like, if that's something that's going on in the UK, maybe you could have the lens for that. You can see that perspective. And that's why you're questioning, you know, his, his record. And maybe that's what the maybe that's what it is, Mike, because he, he kind of got smoked. <laughs> Kind of. Yeah. I think you're being really kind. I mean, it was a, a, a one-sided beating. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, like I say, look, let me just keep underlining mm. this. He came in on a week's notice, but he fought opponents with a zero and zero yeah. record, a zero and one record, and three and 14 records in the past year. Now, that's hardly a stellar addition. And it basically shows that you need to put in work and not pad your record. Yeah. So I, I hear you. I think you're being um, very, very kind. Yeah, I'm giving him the my, benefit uh, of the my doubt. Brit yeah, I'm giving, I'm being polite, but that does make sense. I mean, you, to just fight a bunch of people that are zero and zero, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. To have a lot of experience mm-hmm. on the regional circuit can be very helpful when you finally get your number called for like a late replacement fight in the UFC. Yes, you have a lot of experience, but... A lot. There's a lot of killers on the regional market that these people have been fighting. You shouldn't. You know, you're not getting yeah. anything out of fighting someone that's zero and zero. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But you know, speaking of surprises, mm-hmm. um, th- this was a, a very, very wonderful surprise. Um, Jermaine Durandamy versus um, Julia Pena. Now. You talk me through your reaction to what you saw. Uh, my mouth dropped open when she choked her out. I'm not even going to lie. Like, <laughs> I, I even tweeted, like, a, the perfect gif, like, my reaction. Like, my mouth dropped open. But I'm going to be honest with you. I was jumping out of my seat every time Jermaine Durandamy hit her with a one-two or whenever she found that right mm. hand that she loved so much down the pipe. It was scaring me. And also, I was very distracted how Juliana Pena was reacting to those one-twos and also those hooks that she was throwing looked so bad. Like, I was just like, wow, like offensive, like in the striking department, she really lacks. It's, it's, it's yes. very, it's quite apparent. And it was alarming. It was distracting. Like in the middle of the fight, I would be like, oh my God, look, what is that? A hook? You, you, you know, like <laughs> it was one of those. And then like, mm. and then like she would get in the clinch or like she would wrestle with her and put her up against a cage and you're like, ah, the Juliana, that's good. Or like, oh, okay, there's your comfort zone, but she needs mm, to work mm. on her striking. But your thoughts, Mike, oh, yeah, your thoughts. Well, as expected, GDR was closing the distance mm-hmm. early and she put together some sweet combinations. I mean, it was night and day. She showed the difference in striking yeah. pedigree early. Now, also, this is how I expected it to play out in terms of great takedown defense. Absolutely sweet, spot-on, clinical takedown defense. Okay, at the end of the first, she finally got her down. But for me, no one could have seen how GDR actually wrapped up Pena unconscious. Now, (laughs) with that guillotine finish, we have to start respecting her ground game because... She said going into this that she was looking for that 50G bonus mm-hmm. and nothing was going to deny her that. And damn, and she got what she wanted. And rightly so. I'm glad that she got me too. the 50Gs. I'm glad that she was outspoken. And I'm glad that we now have ground game to look uh, forward oh, yeah. to in future performances as well as 
just amazing stand-up. Oh, absolutely. And pay attention to what she said after the fight, too, Mike. She was like, yo, I got a mean, like, guillotine. Or she said something like, I've, mm. I will choke you out. And you know what I said to myself? I was like, yo, she probably does that choke so much in training. And on the <laughs> low, her and her team know, like, even though she's not the best grappler in the world or it's not her expertise, that's probably her little niche in grappling, though. You know, like, that's the thing that she's good at. And Juliana Pena does have a tendency to leave her neck out. And she just simply did not yeah. respect Jermaine Durandamay. And she didn't know that maybe she had, like, she has a secret weapon in her pocket. That exact choke and I think that's mm. what happened I think she trains the shit out of that and that's what she does and she finally got to use her new toy and Juliana gave it to her and I was so happy <laughs> <laughs> next up Jorgen De Castro versus Carlos Felipe, Felipe, Felipe now I'm not sure if you noticed mm-hmm. but there was a little bit of beef in the stare down and I was really hoping that Jorgen De Castro would you know lay some manners on Carlos Felipe because all he was doing was being cordial in, you know, with the face off, Mm -hmm. extending a handshake. Now, maybe, it may be because this isn't um, COVID protocol. You're not supposed to be shaking hands. It's supposed to be either (laughs) touching feet or even elbow to elbow. You reaching, you being nice. (laughs) (laughs) Carlos is being a dick. You know what I'm saying? Like, straight up. Yeah. But exactly. maybe fight promoting now, or maybe there was something backstage. But, we, you know, I didn't, I didn't take that personal at all. And I thought that would be good for the fight. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. I'll just be perfectly honest. I hoped that Jorgen uh, DeCastro would lay the manners. Because when I saw him tenderizing that lead leg, I thought, yes, let's go. Yep, yep. Let's go, Make him pay. Make him pay. <laughs> and to be honest with you, it was a slightly disappointing fight. It looked a lot of the time that, you know, Carlos uh, Felipe was hoping for that make and pay attitude in that, you know, he was, you know, a lot of gurning, a lot of kind of like coaxing Jorgen mm-hmm. um, on. And, um, you know, even going as far as to slap him on the butt. And none of that was actually working because what we saw was a little bit of an ugly fight, to be honest with you. I thought on the face of it, especially when you looked at the beef at the weigh-ins that mm-hmm. this had KO written all over it. Damn, I was a little bit disappointed. Uh, a little bit, bro. Like, we, <laughs> <laughs> bro, we went from wishing Jorgen would, would, would knock out disrespecter Carlos Philippe to now being like, I wish Carlos would knock Jorgen out for how he's performing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like how he's fighting. And then in the third round... When Jorgen just didn't have an answer anymore for Carlos, he just thought it was okay to push him against the cage over and over again. And then Carlos tried to get the ref's attention. Like, he keeps holding me, but it's like, you know to get out of that. Don't try to get the ref's attention so that, you know, you can be broken Mm. up. Get out of that. Angle off and get out of that. And Jorgen, shame on you for not having an answer. So what you want to do is just kind of try to win the fight by just pushing him against the cage. Like... Carlos had some really dope combinations and he was ripping the body really nicely, but I didn't really like this fight at all. It was definitely a, a savage letdown. Yeah, down, and I'm not co-main lie. material at all. It should have been no, GDR versus no, Julia. They should have swapped yeah. that. That's it right. should have been a ladies showcase. I know you don't like those, Mike. Mm. I've heard the episode where you didn't, you know, <laughs> you, you don't, you, wait, you don't wait, cape for wait, us. Pause. But I, I think pause. you would have liked a co-main I, and main female <laughs> event. Kairos, you hear this shit? Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> 
just, just, just so that you know we're not getting like a, a whole horde of people unsubscribing. No, <laughs> what I, or just to clarify, I was saying that an entire card of ladies, which mm. um, I'd say uh, took place uh, also this weekend, right. AFL Valkyrie, an entire fight card just for you and Kairos <laughs> of ladies. So yes. <laughs> there you and go. You've thank had you, it. Mike, for putting that out there. You know, people take us so serious or take me so serious sometimes. <laughs> so thank you for no, you are not a misogynist, but that. Was an inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, finally, on this card, heading it up, Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. Now, I, I heard them saying on the, the broadcast, Irene. I mean, I've been calling her all, all along, Irene. But what did you make of this? Man, um, totally, totally impressive imp- performance by Holly Holm. I was, I was more impressed with this performance since, like, she kicked Rhonda out the out the galaxy you know like this has been her best performance since and i just was disappointed with irene because she really didn't have an answer for holly Holmes' strategy she couldn't get in on the inside she literally just could not even land kicks or punches and she couldn't cut her off mike the way she chased Mm -hmm. holly around the whole ring for five rounds is driving me crazy and it just kind of it kind of made me realize why i was leaning and picking Holly Holm to win this fight is because Irene is still developing. She's still a prospect, you know? So yeah. Holly is that veteran, and she she showed her that experience. And then Holly's hungry for another title shot, goddammit, even though that scares me. But she's hungry for that title shot, and she used her veteran experience and that hunger, and she, she, she fooled this woman. She clowned her, you know? So I don't know. Oh, 100%. I, I I love the way that, you know, she constantly, this seemed to be like ingrained, embedded in the game mm-hmm. plan. She was circling yes. constantly. And that must have been, must have been pretty frustrating because that sidekick was coming just at will and landing every single time. Going into the fourth as well, yeah. um, the disproportionate number of strikes, 92 strikes to 36 She fought angry, strikes. Mike. That, like she seemed to be pissed off or something. She Like when she was coming that, forward, all those combinations and and then just total domination. The, the end of the fifth round when she unloaded on her. And I, I was like, is she going to get a TKO? Yeah. Remember, she kicked her in the face mm. when, when Irene yep. turned her back with a sidekick side to the face. Yeah. And Irene was yeah. on uh, Front Street. <laughs> <laughs> she was wobbly. I was like, Holly's pissed. Oh, definitely. She's so mad about. I mean, well, she said in the lead up to this that she was in the mood uh, to make a statement. Mm. And damn, those combinations, the sidekick, the sidekick to the face. It was dope. I have to, yeah. I have to keep repeating yeah. that. that. That was definitely domination up until the last but, spell. But uh, I've got a question. No, 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 no. I have a question for you. <laughs> it might be the same question, but let no, no. I, I yeah. I, I, ladies first. I think I know. I'm what's pulling coming. my card. I'm pulling my ladies first card. Gone, gone. Um, do you think that Holly Holm really did have this breakthrough performance, or do you think she was just given someone stylistically that made her look good? This is what I'm struggling with. This I'm struggling yeah. with. This. Come on, what, let, let's yeah. call it as as yeah. we say it. Aldana, I mean, look, in terms of striking prowess, in terms of striking IQ, was not on the same level. Home was leagues above Mm -hmm. her. And yes, she put on a striking clinic because, I mean, essentially, she had someone who she was always going to outwork, outperform, outstrike. And um, to be fair, Mm -hmm. though, 
she also had a game plan for this which worked and which she executed to yeah. the T. What did you think? I, I, I'm 100% with you. Like, I didn't want to be negative. That's why I started my segment saying I was impressed or like, <laughs> break, you know, but I've been itching to be like, pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Holly Holm has anything for, you know, Amanda Nunes. It will go down the same way. And I also think she'll struggle with elite, you know, fighters in her division. And I think Irene Aldana was a fastball down the middle because if you cannot cut Holly Holm off, if you can, you don't have the footwork to beat Holly Holm, and if you don't, and if you're mm. not a grappler like Misha Tate, or if you can't cut her off like Ronda Rousey, you see what happens. You play right into her strengths, and she's going to win. And that's what we saw. And because Irene Aldana is a prospect and she's still developing, she could not make mid-fight adjustments and be like, fuck this, let me switch up the game plan. I'm, I'm cutting her off and doing this. And now, yeah, yeah. She, she was unable to show Holly any adversity or any challenges in this fight. So it made Holly, what, look really good. You know what I mean? So... I, I am impressed with Holly's performance because she stepped up to, to the plate. This is what you do when somebody um, responds to you in this way like Irene did. So I'm impressed with her performance, but at the same time, I'm not convinced that she can be a, a title contender or champion. So how about then, this is my mm-hmm. question to you, how about Holly Holm versus GDR? Absolutely. We have to stop podcasting. Mm-hmm. We need to take a break from each other so that we can. We're becoming some podcasting married couple that can now speak for each other. Okay, Switch, I'm switching you out with Kairos on on Sunday. Um, yes, yes, you stole my thunder, like you like to say. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, that's the fight to make. That is absolutely the fight to make. That the the division is a little bit. I don't want to say lackluster, but Amanda's so dominant, and they've nobody. It yeah, is. and they've all fought You're each right, other. It is. They've all fought each other. Mm. Some people have even left. You know what I mean? Like Amanda is just the queen of that division, and GDR is so interesting right now, and we're all in love with her. And Holly Holmes got her momentum, and they fought before, and there was controversy. This mm. is the fight to make. Yeah, it's, it's just. It's the writing on the wall. It's so obvious. Give us give us this fight. And here's another thing, Mike. Holly Holm can mm-hmm. beat GDR. Remember in the last fight, um, it was a really close fight. And GDR was kind of cheating, yes. whether it was intentional or not. She kind of kept hitting her after the mm. bell, which could have affected Holly's performance. But my point is, is that Holly can contend with her striking. She's not going to look like Juliana Pena. Make the fight. I'm calling it now mm-hmm. GDR via guillotine choke. It might be. It again. might be because yes. Holly struggles on the ground and GDR is getting yes. better. <laughs> it's, this is what I'm saying. Like we can, we can make this fight a thing instead of just giving Holly mm. home another title shot. You know what I mean? Like let's exactly. let's have a little fun with her and GDR first. And they both lost to Amanda, and we're not in a rush to see them rush right back to her. And mm. Amanda's busy. She's fighting Megan Anderson. Make the fucking fight. But go ahead, Mike. Exactly. I had another question mm-hmm. for you. I mean, just sticking with the ladies. Um, Denise Kilhertz, yes. as you know, um, took the main um, main event slot with Kate Jackson at Bellator 247 because Derek Anderson and Paul Daly, because of his... Uh, weight cut mm-hmm. issue um, was actually forced to or forced from the mm-hmm. car now 
for me, um, I've got a little bit of beef with Keel Hutz because she seems to like to beat up a Brit. She uh, <laughs> took out Brioni Terrell and now she's taken out Kate Jackson. She loves to, to beat that That's Brit That's the UK body. killer, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, 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 she's taking yeah, y'all the, the out. The UK yeah, killer. She's taking, first <laughs> of all, my, she, she punched that girl so hard, she face-planted face first. Like, I, I screamed. Like, I was like, oh, Denise! Like... That punch mm-hmm. that twirled that woman almost 360 to the ground was so hard and deliberate. But what you in the UK? Go ahead, go ahead. In the UK, we call that spinning. Somewhere. Yeah, I, I think that's a good. That is exactly yeah. what she did. I was I was just like, damn, Denise not here to play any games. And then remember, you tagged me on the highlights of her opponent, Kate Jackson. And when mm. I saw Kate Jackson's mm. highlights, I was like, man, Denise might be in a little trouble, Mike. I'm nervous. Remember, I was like, <laughs> um. I I was being polite. Yeah. There was no way. There was no way with um, Kilhut's striking prowess that this was ever going to get to the ground. I just I just thought the two ladies were going to bang, and they did. But Denise made a bigger mm. statement, bro. But there was a little bit of controversy with the stoppage. I saw some people calling for like uh, her to be uh, reprimanded or disciplined for the. Ah, you, yeah, see, I already hit. What'd you think? <laughs> put it this way look in the heat of the battle in the heat of the moment yes um there were even though the fight mm-hmm. was stopped there were a few shots after the fight had been right. called but i mean that's the heat of the moment yeah. that's the, heat of the battle and she immediately apologized it wasn't like she was wrong and yeah. strong strutting around yeah. some assaulting and pointing at you know kate jackson's lifeless yeah. body i mean there was none of that for me it was a, it looked like a genuine mistake yeah. having met Miss Kilhooks, several times, having spoken to this wonderful woman, this angelic woman, I couldn't for a second imagine that it was intentional. I feel the same way. When I see um, things like that occur in MMA, if it's not intentional, I'm not upset. But like when you hold the Mm. choke too long and it's intentional, I'm pissed. When you continue to hit a fighter and and it just, you can tell that it's on purpose or like, I didn't really like GDR when she kept hitting Holly after the bell. And even if it wasn't intentional, she kept doing it. To me, that's flagrant. Take a point or discipline them. But when mm. they're caught up in the moment yeah. and then they're apologetic and it's just in like in a, end, a fight ending sequence, no, I'm not really that upset. And I saw the same thing in the Denise Keyholtz fight. I didn't really want her head on a platter like some folks didn't wanted. So I thought that was interesting. Again, Drag me straight back down mm-hmm. to earth, but am I over-egging this by saying Lay uh, McFarlane or Lay McFarlane uh, next for Denise Kilhooks? I say give her one more, then give her Leah. One. Yeah, but why? Kate Jackson just came off a title shot with um, McFarlane. I mean, maybe I need so to be not? real. Why did she get yeah, next? maybe I need to be real. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like the mother. Even though I talk shit, Mike and stuff. Don't you see? I'm always scared. I'm always like, develop the fighter, develop the fight. I'm always like, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'm just like, you know, projecting my own like, slow it down, slow it down. You know. So maybe you're mm. right. Because I mean, she beat the brakes off of Katie. Kate Jackson and then remember the Turkish woman yeah. she just punched that lady in the face and went home That and then the Turkish lady was so mad <laughs> like she, she's because she used MMA because yeah. <laughs> she lost in an MMA match and then got up and was like we were supposed to kickbox bitch but um, yeah Mike you're right she's on quite a tear and then it's not just a tear it's a dominant one it's like every fight Denise is making a damn statement so yeah maybe you're right 
fuck it, give her a title shot. I think <laughs> for me, what kind of like solidified it was Kate Jackson, as I said, just came off that title shot. Yeah, and, um, and she's a formidable you know, we opponent. All saw what yeah. happened. Mm. I mean, Mike, when you sent when you tagged me on Kate Jackson's highlight reel, I wasn't familiar with her, and I did get a little nervous. I was like, this oh. woman looks to be legit. So, and look what Denise did to her. So, <laughs> exactly, Shoot. exactly, spun mm. it. <laughs> anyway. Let's take some listener questions. So um, let me cue up this, as is my fashion. I don't want to be caught on the hop. Here is Mike. Aaron Jackson. This is Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast. I don't have so much as a question as I do have a prediction, and I want your thoughts on it. The UFC comes to Amanda Nunes and says, you're fighting Holly Holm next. She says, I already beat her. I just had a baby. I need more timey. So they turn to Holly and say, okay, you're fighting Jermaine Durandamy <laughs> in a rematch for the interim 135 belt. Holly beats GDR, and then they unify the belts with Amanda. What do you think? Get at me. Love the show. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen, so keep rapping. Oh, shit. <laughs> Mike say, get the fuck out of here, yep. <laughs> I, I, I do see GDR and Holm having a, another go. I really do. But I do see GDR having her hand raised. What do you think? I think GDR is going to beat her, um, Holly Holm, because I, I do think that she is ever improving as Holly Holm is just a dangerous fight for her. You know, does that make yeah. sense? It makes yeah. a lot of sense. And, and I do think that Holly Holm, like I just said a few minutes ago, is a formidable challenger to um holly mm. to excuse me to gdr she can contend in the striking department that's why this fight is so intriguing and we've seen that before a lot of people think holly home won that fight and a lot of people also think that if she hadn't been slapped up after the be- <laughs> after the bell she might have had her wits about her and would been a, a better mm. fighter and beat her you know so yep. we need to see who the true winner is but unfortunately uh, GDR, I think, is is gonna is gonna get her because she's steady and proving. Yes. <laughs> Again, going into the uh, audio mm. toolbox, we've got Todd Rhino from Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. Hey, my friends, it's your big homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. Uh, I have a question for you this week. If you were going to put on a UFC event, but every single fight was going to be in the exact same weight class, and you had to pick that weight class, who would you guys choose? It's a tough question. I went back and forth on it. You know I'm a heavyweight, and I'm a heavyweight stand, but I think if I had to go for a one-night, maybe... 10, 12 card, all in the same weight class. I think maybe, um, I think maybe lightweight. I think lightweight would be who I might choose for that. So I'm curious to hear your guys' answer. Love you guys. Love the show. Talk to you later. Yeah, he stole, he stole my thunder there. I would have picked lightweight because it's one of the deepest divisions. It's got the deepest and richest talent as well. Oh, I'm going uh, welterweight. I could watch, yeah, really? I could watch okay. the boys go all night you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. have tournaments mix and match and then also where's leon we could throw him we could finally get him fighting you know what i mean like he would be involved <laughs> if if we did something like that you can you can throw yeah. diaz in there we got the old heads too robbie lawler i mean it's just i think it's a shit ton of fun so my answer would be welterweight mm-hmm. okay 
Well, those are the audio questions. What have we got from well, Twitter? Well, I have a question from It's Not Cage Fighting, but I'm not going to use his mm. question, unfortunately, but I'm going to give him a shout out. Oh. I'm going to give him a shout out because his question is about the women's bantamweight division, and I feel like we've we've yeah. answered that so many times because the answer is Holly Holm needs to fight GDR to make that bantamweight division fun. So that's your answer to your question. I don't want to beat a dead horse. Mm. So, Mike, I have a question for you. Okay. What did you think of GDR's pro-police and first responders speech after she won her fight? Well, I loved it. i tell you why. Because that's where she's coming from. and She's coming from a good place. I can tell uh, the vibe I get from her is she's not with the racist policing. She's not with the whole kind of like um, subversive and subjective way in which the police target black males being a black woman herself. Now, the thing that I kind of like got from where she was coming from is she loves her profession Mm -hmm. and it's because she gets to serve and protect, but not from the point of view that it's an abuse of power, but because literally she is actually doing something which she believes is empowering and improving her community. Exactly. I loved every second of it. I love that it Mm. was merely a shout out to people that save our lives and they need it right now. And I agree with her. They're having a tough time right now. And I love that she was able to be pro-police and not racist. It's horrible that a lot of times when people are pro-police, you have to associate it with racism. So I like that she took that out and you can support people like the police and other first responders without the cringe of like, or that darkness that comes with it. And I appreciate her for that. And secondly, you know, Mike, I used to be a cop. So I felt like she was like talking to me, like it resonated with me. I wanted to be like, even though I don't do it anymore, I was, I I wanted to be like, thank Mm. you, ma'am. You know, like I I felt like she was talking to me and it it just, and the fact that it resonated with me, it really uh, was heartfelt and I appreciated it. And that's what first Mm. responders need right now. We don't need someone saying black lives are terrorists and all this stuff and fueling that negativity. We just kind of need a thank you right now as we're going through such a divisive time. So I appreciate Mm. her for leaving all the negativity out, but still being able to support the police and giving them like a wink and a pat on the back without negativity. So shout out to her for that. Oh, 100%. I've got one question before. Before we go, I've got one question Mm -hmm. for you. With the recent photos that were circulating with Ali Abzet Delaziz, Dana White, Justin Gaethje, all up in arms and uh, literally up in arms with their arms around the president and, Mm -hmm. you know, gurning in front of the pictures. Now, with Donald Trump actually testing positive for (laughs) COVID-19, what do you think should happen? I mean, God forbid, I don't even want to finish your sentence because I don't obviously want it to be spoken into existence. But what do you think should happen if, God forbid, Justin Gaethje can't make that walk because he has tested positive for COVID-19? Do we slot in <laughs> an Irishman into the main event uh, slot there? Or do we give this to... Michael Chandler or someone else of your choosing what happens Uh, I think we do two things one um, Mm. we stop hanging out at the White House because they seem to be spreading (laughs) their fucking germ you know like right now they're all on fucking fire and I think 
It's in our best interest as UFC fans, and, and just if you're involved in this sport, stay the hell away from them right now. So Dana's chill. I'm dying, no, for real. Like, like y'all need to stop going to these dinner parties. And they going down. So that's one. Um, two, two. You give it to Chandler. No, Connor is not deserving of that fight. Um, wow. You give it to Chandler. It's already... I feel like a businesswoman. They've signed the contract. He's working out, Mike. Mm. <laughs> Dana said it was for him. If somebody goes down, we give it to him. You don't yeah. cut the line for that. Chandler doesn't deserve that. You, you know, he's expecting money. He's getting in shape. He's a great guy. Off Offline, in the cage, as a dad, in, in shape. He's a good dude. Don't do that to him. He deserves it. He signed the mm, contract. Mm. You give it to him. And and let Connor figure out what's going on with releasing Dana's texts and whatever beef is going on over there. Because they sure did give Dustin a contract to fight Connor. Dustin signed it. And then Dana said, hey, bitch, you got till 5 p.m. to sign your contract. And we haven't heard from Connor. And I think secretly Dana yeah. and them are beefing. So I say let Chandler fight um, Khabib if it falls through and let Dana and Connor work out whatever's going on with Dustin, the charity event and the drama. Mm. You know? He's got a lot of shit to okay. work out, Mike. Let him do it. I hear I hear What about you? What do you think? Well, mm. Answer your own question. I, you want Connor, Dustin, Tony, you, or you know what's coming. <laughs> you know what's coming. This is the point where, you know, we have our divorce because <laughs> I want to see Connor and Khabib too. Whoa. I want to see that by hook or by crook. So if there is any kind of like mishap, if there is any um, reason or, or um, if there is an opportunity to actually slot another person in, Connor gets next. And, and, I just want to see that fight again. Okay, and, and I have more questions about that because I'm appalled. Um, mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll have at it. Listen, do you want to see that fight because you think Conor has a chance or do you want to see that fight because Conor gets his ass smacked again? Because that's why I would like to see it. Why do you want to see it? I, I want to see it because I feel he has a chance. I want to see it because the... <laughs> Skip, sorry, my bad, yo. Keep going. I, I want to see it because... Come on, no one can deny that there is a storyline to kill all storylines here. It's the most compelling matchup and the most compelling reason and the, the, the most prominent storyline in UFC history. No one can show me anything, bring anything to the table, can substitute this storyline for anything else and tell me it's more compelling. I just don't want the UFC to explode if this occurs. Like, it, mm. th there will be such violence. It'll be country versus country, nation versus nation, racism versus racism. Like, it's going to be <laughs> crazy and it will be hella interesting, <laughs> but I just don't think it'll be a competitive fight. So, no, I don't want to see it. And I don't think Connor should be able to just get what he wants. I think we reward fighters like Khabib or, or people that are just a bit more standout. But that's just my personal issues with him, you know. So, no, I don't, I don't want to see it. But I'd watch, and I think Khabib does this. I think Khabib smashes him, and I'd watch that. Yeah. Wow. Did you see the way I tried to end the show without answering mm -hmm. that? <laughs> you weren't having no, it. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> I expect my divorce papers in the morning, sir. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, they, 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 they've been emailed to you as we've been speaking. <laughs> now, just before we go, 
we have spoken a lot and I would reckon that there are a few issues here that people want to continue online so you can catch me on Twitter if you wanted to continue any aspect of our conversation at Mike Woe TV and how can people get in touch with you G? I'm at the G Spot MMA that is my Twitter handle boom well that about wraps up this episode of the Woke Us we'll be back midweek with the rest of the gang Kairos and Chisanga, not Chisango, right. the Django. For shots, <laughs> for shots fired. Until then, make some trouble. Yeah.